what I'm hearing from people literally is I've been home for two years and I tasted freedom and I don't want to go back. From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with the president and founder of the Franchise Academy, Tom Scarda. According to Tom, a franchise is a business on training wheels. In today's episode, Tom and I discuss the pros and cons of buying a franchise. When you leave your corporate job, and want to start your own consulting business. Stay with us to hear all the details. One of the points you'll hear from Tom is the benefit of sharing knowledge with others in the same type of business. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Tom Scarta. Tom is a certified franchise expert. He was the number one franchisee of the year with his first franchise concept and failed miserably in his second franchise. The lessons learned from failure is what makes him such an expert. Tom is the author of several books, including the number one bestseller, Franchise Savvy. He hosts the Franchise Academy podcast and has produced an online masterclass on investing in a franchise. Tom has helped more than 1,600 people figure out if franchising is for them since 2005. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, David. I'm so excited to be here. Tom, tell me a little bit about your experience buying and running franchises. How'd you get started? Well, it's, it's an interesting story. I used to be a subway conductor in New York City, and I used to work on the R line on Sunday nights. And one evening, my shift was 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. Sunday evening. And uh, I'm Italian descent. And so my family was home eating pasta while I was eating a bagel with cream cheese and jelly in the lunchroom in the subway. And I was looking down and, and feeling kind of depressed about the whole thing. And this old timer said to me, hey, kid, this is a great job. You'll always have a shirt on your back. He said, it'll never be a silk shirt, but at least you'll have a shirt. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow, that sounds like mediocrity to me. I really wanted, you know, a different lifestyle. When I looked at business owners, I realized that was the lifestyle I wanted. They were wearing the metaphorical silk shirt that I was thinking about. But I didn't know anything about business. I was a government guy. And so I went to seminars, read books, all that stuff. And I realized that a franchise is a business with training wheels. And that's what I needed. Somebody to hold my hand, show me the ropes. And so in 2000, uh, I contacted a franchise consultant and she matched me to a smoothie franchise. That was back in 2000. And as they say, the rest is history. When did you quit your job? So great question. I was um, at that point, I was actually then in 2000 working for the Long Island Railroad uh, in the communications department that, that uh, you probably know well, uh, what my job role there was. And we started the franchise and I was going to keep my job for at least a year and try to do this on the side with a manager and some family in place. But it took only four months before I replaced my salary and I was out. Wow. That is really quick. Yeah, it was really quick. I mean, I, I wasn't making a lot of money. You know, I wasn't making millions, 
but for transit, I think my salary was like 70,000 back then. And so we were able to move quickly to get to that really, really fast. And, and there's a whole, there's all, you know, sorts of stories behind that too, which maybe we'll get to later. How many hours a week did you find that you were working once you quit your day job? You know, it's, it's an, another good question there. I think, as I think back about it, and we're going back, you know, quite a long time ago now, two decades, I was not good at delegating. And so I was working a lot. And the president of the franchise, this guy, his name is Michael Haith, and we're still friends to this day. One day he called me and said, are you still going into the Javits Center? Because we had a location at Jacob Javits Convention Center in Manhattan. And I said, yeah, I go every day. And, and he's like, but you don't need to. You have a manager. And I'm like, yeah, but who's going to do like all these crazy details? He said, are you crazy? You don't need to be doing that. So then it was special events driven, David. So it wasn't like a steady store that was open nine to five. So there'll be some days I would work, some weeks I would work two days, some weeks I would work seven days. It, it fluctuated a lot. But then I, I share with my candidates all the time, about two years in, I was literally feeling guilty because uh, it wasn't really much for me to do. <laughs> I had managers in my locations. I was doing mostly HR type of work, scheduling and payroll, and I didn't have to show up. And, and although I did enjoy it, so I, I would show up and definitely hang out at the Javits Center and, and all that. But it varies. And in franchising, you could be in a franchise you know, and have, have your job and run a business on the side through a manager all day long. That's what we help people do. Right. I mean, it sounds like an entrepreneur's dream. You had something set up. It was running well. You were making money and it didn't require a lot of time. No, it was great. And, you know, we had our, the, the other thing is, so we had that Javits Center in, in um, Manhattan, which, which you know the geography since uh, you're a Manhattanite. And we had two other locations on Long Island, which is only 24 miles away. But in New York traffic back then, it, it could take two hours to go 24 miles. And so we would struggle a lot of times. I would struggle anyway, going back and forth between the two. But it was um, it was a great thing. And then one day we were at these kind of things you remember clearly. I was at a Jimmy Buffett concert. So the Long Island, we had Jones Beach Amphitheater, which was outdoor uh, concerts in the summer. We had a Jimmy Buffett concert and a guy came up to me, bought a smoothie. He was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to buy one of these franchises and put it in the Javits Center. I said, that's a great idea, but I already did it. And uh, long story short, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And uh, he bought me out everything, everything I had. And I semi-retired at 41 years old. And it was a blessing. It really was. I mean, I worked hard. I worked much harder in that than I did in transit. You know, I was in transit for 13 years. I worked much harder, but it was my baby. So it never felt like work. I loved every minute of it, uh, even the bad days and the days we didn't make money and the days I had you know, an employee get arrested and, you know, things like that, <laughs> you know, stuff happens, but it's all, um, you know, they, I think it was Jim Morrison from the doors said, uh, if you can't make a movie about it, then you don't really have a life. <laughs> Quite. Yes, it is so true. So what was the second franchise where you failed miserably? Great. So the first one was awesome. And, you know, I got out of that franchise and I was like walking on water I couldn't do any wrong. I mean, look, you know, I was a hot shot. And then my wife found this franchise called Super Suppers, which was a it was literally set up like a Tuscan kitchen, like walking into Italy in a one of those kind of Tuscan villas. And you would make meals following our recipes 
take them home and freeze them. You do this in bulk. So it saves you time, it saves you money. And it was to us look like brilliance on paper. Matter of fact, even the food critic from the New York Times came and interviewed us. And, and her name is Kim, and she, she's now in charge of all food for the New York Times. And she said, you guys are changing the way America eats, the way McDonald's and Swanson TV dinners did 50 years earlier. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to be billionaires. And, uh, you know, two years later, we're out of business and lost almost our entire life savings. And, um, you know, I guess it was one way of, you know, God humbling me after the great success. Uh, and, and it's funny because... When I think about it, you know, back then I was crying, you know, back 2007. Now I look at it as a gift uh, that we went through that debacle because I'm able to now really teach people what not to do when picking or starting a business. Mm-hmm. So did you start another franchise after that or did you just go into helping, helping franchisees? Yeah, I had three other small businesses that I started on my own. I had a concession business and and things like that. But I became a franchise consultant April 5th, 2005. So just hit 17 years. And did you get training to become a franchise consultant? How does that work? Yeah. So I work for a larger company called Franchise out of Minneapolis. So there's, you know, about 80, 90 of us that do what I do around the country, but we're handpicked for a franchise expertise. Uh, it's not a franchise you can buy in, but you could apply and you could be a franchise consultant uh, if you have that franchise experience and, and business building and, and multi-unit experience, all that kind of stuff. Then I got trained by the International Franchise Association in franchising. So that's what the CFE stands for, which is Certified Franchise Executive. And that was a two-year program. And there's, there's really only a handful of us in, in the whole world that actually hold that CFE designation. But I know more about franchising than I, than I ever wished to know. <laughs> so what's the difference between running a business that's a franchise versus running a business that's not a franchise? Particularly if you are a, someone who's coming out of some kind of professional career as an employee. I would say, David, 95% of people that own franchises came out of a career somewhere in corporate America. It's just, it's kind of a landing ground for people that cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning or just want to diversify investments or whatever it might be. But as we are in that, as, as you think about that, franchising is a business with training wheels. So that's the difference in starting on your own. So the, the trail has been blazed. They literally hand you the playbook. They train you. You go to their headquarters for a week to two weeks they train you, you come out of there sounding like you founded the concept, you go back home, you start it up, they fly out, they help you start that business on the ground locally, they help you to try to get your first book of customers, depends on the franchise and obviously what you're doing in that franchise. There's 4,000 franchises in 90 industries. But when you think about professional services in the B2B space, like recruiting and, and coaching and you know consulting type work expense reduction type franchises, things like that. They A lot of it is, you know, you kind of using your Rolodex, if, if those that are, you know, over maybe 40 know what a Rolodex is, but you got to leverage your contacts, but also they have systems in place to bring customers to your door. 
So this inbound marketing at the franchise company takes care for you. Now, the thing is, so that's kind of the pros of it. The cons are you're in that business and you have a partner, the franchise company, and they have rules and regulations that you have to follow. You have a royalty that you're going to pay every month, which people think that's a negative. I think it's a positive. That's actually what makes a franchise really grow and become a national brand. But you got to be comfortable with dealing with people, both at the franchise company and then, you know, customers. And you're trying to make your own paycheck every week, which is very different than a job. But I think if you're willing to transfer your skills out of corporate America into your own gig and do the hard work, yet keep all the profit or or 93% of the profit, then, you know, business ownership or franchising especially could be for you. What's an example of a franchise for a consultant? So if, if you want to be a consultant, there's a lot of great business coaching franchises that do really well. And I, and I don't like to like drop names because there's territory and demographic information has to be squared away before they even talk to somebody. So I would hate for somebody to start knocking on doors and franchises not even available in their area. But you could get into something that has to do with helping a company with literally 72 points of growth strategy. And the playbook, you know, they again, they hand you the playbook, the 72 strategies to help the business grow. I just placed a, a great guy who worked for A&E TV, and now he's doing expense reduction type work. So you go into the, and go into the business if you're an analytical type, and, and you could help somebody uh, reduce their cost greatly. So, and a lot of like your expertise might be in communication and you could really help them be very effective with the way they do their PR and, and their, you know, internal marketing and, and talking to their internal customers, their employees, but they could also help you augment that skill set through other avenues, right? So you walk into the business and they don't have a problem with communication. They have a problem with shipping and logistics and you don't know anything about shipping and logistics. No problem. You go to the database of 800 other franchises across the globe. Uh, you look for the logistics expert and he partners with you on that project. And same likewise, the other way around. So that's the synergy of a franchise network. You can leverage that to a great extent to your advantage also. Tom, when is someone leaving a corporate job not a good franchise candidate? Wow. That's deep. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, you have to be coachable, right? So if you're stuck in your ways and you don't want to change at all, then it's probably not for you. If you're a renegade and you don't like golden arches, you really want purple arches. Well, don't bother. (laughs) It's not for you. Financially, you have to be set. And I don't mean set up financially, but you need to have some money and you need to be able to support yourself for at least six months, if not longer. And so that that is something that is very clear to me. And you need to make sure you get involved with something and fall in love with the role of the franchise owner and not the product or service. Is there a way that you can get a taste of what it's like to own a franchise without actually going through with the purchase? Well, yes. So, the, you know, one thing that some people have done is literally get a job with the franchise. So you want to you want to open a Dunkin' Donuts franchise? Go work in Dunkin' Donuts for six months and see how you like it. 
uh, chances are really good you won't buy it after that. Um, <laughs> but even yeah, if you love donuts, even if you love donuts, like I do, and, and so that you know that's a, that's really interesting point that you know you really need to love the role of of the owner, but nonetheless. If, if you work with somebody like me, as an example, and you don't have to work with a franchise consultant, you could do this on your own. You engage a company that you think is a good company and you think is the right fit for you. You go through a due diligence process. The franchise company will help you. The great ones will be very hands-on, helping you understand every aspect of the business. The great franchises will not sell you a franchise. They will award a franchise to somebody they think that could actually run and be successful with that franchise. But to answer your question, once you get into that due diligence and get deep, you will talk to franchise owners all over the country in that particular concept. Matter of fact, I have 39 questions that I give to my candidates to help them make really effective you know, uh, questions and answer sessions. But then you also could request a shadow day or two and work with a franchise owner in that concept and, and shadow that person for a day or two or three to really understand if that's something you want to get into. For me, David, I don't know of any other investment that you could do something like that, where you're talking to the end user. Like I can't call up my stockbroker and say, let me go spend a day at Apple and see what kind of decisions they're making. <laughs> no, just buy the stock and be happy. Tom, how can you find a consulting or coaching franchise that's likely to support your goals? Well, it's not as, it's kind of easy to find a list of coaching franchises. The thing is to identify which is a good one. And so you really need to talk to somebody that's not in the franchise, some, whether it's somebody like me or, or somebody that is maybe a franchise attorney or something like that, that could kind of point you to, to where the good franchises, you know, which are the good franchises. The thing that people don't realize is there's no rules or laws that say what company could franchise and which cannot. Anyone could call themselves a franchise. You have to go through some legalities and they're very concerned about how you sell a franchise because they want to protect the consumer, but they don't care if the franchise makes money or if they support their candidates, their, their new franchisees. Federal Trade Commission oversees all of this. They're worried. They're really concerned about it being a pyramid scheme or being money laundering or, or you know something like that. So it's kind of like buyer beware in a lot of cases. So you, that's kind of where my book comes in on, on how to identify a really great franchise since I did well the first time. And then I talk about all the, the mistakes I made the second time. Hmm. How can you find somebody to help you, whether it's you or somebody else? Because I would imagine that there are a lot of choices. And if you don't know anything about the field, like how do you figure out who's good and who's not good? Right. So you could Google franchise consultants, right? And and there's probably thousands. So you got to, first, you got to look for, in my opinion, not, some of my colleagues won't agree with this, but you should look for that CFE designation behind their name, because that means that they're real. They're in the business. There's no regulations or licenses or anything for a franchise consultant. You, David, you could be a franchise consultant. You just, you know, join a company. There's a lot of companies out there that will take anybody and you pay them a, a fee and, and, you know, they'll sell you leads and, you know, and maybe you'll be successful. Maybe you won't. Typically the lifespan is nine and a half months of a franchise consultant because it's, it's really not easy to do. 
So with all that said- So you should look for somebody who's been a franchise consultant for longer than nine and a half months. That's, that's one way to start. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, like if, if you hit their LinkedIn, see if they actually own the franchise. So a lot of people try to say, well, you know, I, I was a, you know, some high up C-level position in corporate America. And that's not running a business. If, you never, if they never ran a business, I would say it would be very hard for them to coach you into a good business. And so that's, that's the beginning of it there. But there's more we could talk about. But on my website, there's ways of, you know, thefranchiseacademy.com. I talk about how to do that on there. Sounds good. Tom, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? Just the fact now, and I'm sure you're feeling this in your business as well, there's a lot of people that are volunteering for career transition in the moment. They're coming out of COVID and they're saying, what I'm hearing from people literally is, I've been home for two years and I tasted freedom and I don't want to go back. <laughs> and, and so it's a great time to consider franchising. The, the numbers in franchising in a lot of industries, not all, but a lot of industries are way up than pre-COVID numbers, doing great stuff. And, and so that's one thing I wanted to say. And where would you like to see your business go? So what I'm trying to do, my mission is to just to help people not make silly mistakes that don't need to be made. You know, like buying a franchise because you like the food. That is not a reason to buy a franchise. Sometimes... And often it's sort of like a relationship. Like if you jump from one relationship to another relationship, you're still bringing yourself with you. And so you're going to have the same problems in that second relationship. Same thing in, in your career. If, if you're jumping from job to job looking for happiness, you're not going to find it. You have to be happy first and then you'll enjoy your job, which is that's probably a podcast in itself right there. But, but that is really the notion uh, when you're looking at, I'll tell people, you 40% of the people that call me, I tell them, do not go down this road. Because what they're just looking for, like an, an easy out. Let me get out of corporate America. And they don't realize fully the breadth of what it takes to actually run a business. Whether it's a franchise or any other business, it still takes work. A lot of work. If you're the kind of person that likes that join the gym and you think you're going to get in shape just because you joined the gym, don't buy a franchise. Just like a gym, you got to actually show up and, and do the work in the franchise. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Tom, uh, we've covered a lot of ground. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about, access your books or any other resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah, you know, the website, thefranchiseacademy.com. Again, it's just one word, thefranchiseacademy.com. And uh, everything that I do is there, my books, my online program, my podcast, you know, it's all out there. Um, majority of it is free. You could download books for free. I got other, you know, guidebooks and white pages about franchising and all that good stuff. If I'm not the guy for you, because, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, I have a whole different thing going on, you know, and I could also recommend other people that, that you could talk to that, you know, maybe you'll identify with better. I don't know. Yeah, there are people from the Bronx. Yeah, hell, who knew? And I heard there's also people that live in New Jersey. I'm not sure about that. Where is but. that? <laughs> Tom, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and going solo and share your insights and your expertise. My guest today has been the president and founder of the Franchise Academy, Tom Scarta. Thank you again, Tom, for joining us. 
Thank you, David. It was an absolute honor and uh, bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. One of the points you heard from Tom is the benefit of sharing knowledge with others in the same type of business. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.